Generating traffic and sales can be a challenge for online merchants. But selling on the Walmart marketplace puts your products in front of millions of customers who shop on walmart.com. And right now, sellers who join Walmart Marketplace can save up to 50% on referral and fulfillment fees for the first 90 days. So get started today. Head over to marketplace.walmart.com savings. That's marketplace.walmart.com savings. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations, a weekly podcast focusing on e-commerce topics featuring interviews with prominent people in the e-commerce space. Welcome to E-Commerce Conversations by Practical E-Commerce. I'm Kerry Murdoch. Rick Wilson is with us today. He's the president of Miva Merchant, the pioneering e-commerce platform, and like many e-commerce firms, Miva Merchant is evolving. It now offers its own hosted shopping cart. Wilson joins us to discuss recent upgrades to that cart, cloud computing generally, and the future of third-party hosting companies. Well, Rick, thank you for your time today. Well, thank you for having me, Kerry. Always a pleasure to talk with you and your team. Rick, it's been roughly two and a half years, if I add it up correctly, since the new ownership group acquired Miva Merchant. How's it going for you guys? Uh, that is correct. It's been two and a half years, which is strange. It feels so fast and so long. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's going very well. It took us. Um, we we you know we had a we had a interesting combination of things when we bought the company. We had a great community with a great product that needed some tender loving care, so to speak, to to really start unlocking the promise and the value of our product, and we feel that we've achieved that. We have um, we have done a great job uh, at just being able to really bring the product to the next level. It's highly stable. Um, we are able to stream out upgrades without causing problems. We have a major upgrade coming, which we'll talk about here shortly. And you know, we're profitable, which I guess at the end of the day, from a business standpoint, is the measure of the measure of success. And so, from that standpoint, we have uh, we have made the changes necessary to have a thriving, growing business. Part of the evolution that you're referring to there, Rick, I believe, is your new hosted solution. That's uh, that's Miva Merchant 5.5, right? Is that SaaS hosted solution that you're offering? Correct. And let me clarify a couple things here. So Miva Merchant 5.5 is the latest iteration of our product, and it is available both through external web hosts as well as through us. And so we offer a software-as-a-service version of it that is actually identical to the one you can get from a web host outside of here. What we offer, though, is a single point of management and contact and the ability to to not have too many moving pieces. One of the issues that can sometimes come up for clients is that, you know, we have clients all the time who call us and they don't know who their host is, for example. And so if a client doesn't know who their host is, they it can be very frustrating and confusing for them to to then have to call us and we do our best. I mean, our tech support is here in-house in San Diego. We we all have been through getting passed around 
when you're trying to get help, and, and we do our best to prevent that from happening to our customers. But if we're not hosting someone, for example, and they can't get FTP access to their site, there's literally nothing we can do to help them other than get them in touch with their host. So uh, from a client's perspective, there are definitely advanced clients, and, and we'll get into this, I think, a little more shortly. There are advanced clients and web designers uh, and people who have a longstanding relationship with their existing host, and, and they you know, that's perfect for them. But for many of our clients, we felt that the way to improve our customer service and take our product to the next level was to offer a hosted SaaS solution directly from us. We see that the market has uh, truly embraced that. Uh, in fact, in a sense, we're a little bit late to that game. right? So um, 12, 13 years ago when we got into the e-commerce business, there really was no such thing as software as a service. It was pre-salesforce.com. <clears throat> in fact, in some weird ways, uh, we were an early pioneer in that sense. You know, We provided a software solution that let web hosts become what they used to call ASPs, uh, before the term SaaS came around, and uh, and now it's come full circle, and we're offering that to our customers. How many of those customers are now on your own internal hosting services? So, uh, I don't know that I'm comfortable giving out exact numbers about that. It's only in hundreds uh, at this point. It's not yet into the thousands or tens of thousands. We uh, we have only been offering it since mid-November. I think November 11th was the date we started offering it. And we have probably the better way to, to judge, judge it so far is as a run rate. So if you look at it from how we do compared to other external hosts, we are now the second largest uh, MEVA host, so to speak, in, as far as new registrations go. And I expect that this month or next month we'll actually overtake from a new client acquisition perspective, will become the largest new client acquirer for Meva Merchant Hosting. And I think it'll take a couple years, considering the entrenched position of the bigger hosts, it'll take a couple years for us to become the largest overall host. Now, if I'm a hosting company employee listening to this, and I rely on the ability to offer Meva Merchant to my customers, should I feel threatened by what you just said? Well, whether they should or should not, I'm sure they do. And and that is, it's a conversation that comes up here a fair amount. It's certainly not something that we set out to do. We didn't set out to threaten anybody. We're not attacking their business. However, the market changed. And when markets change, the uh, that can be tough for people whose business model is dependent on an old perspective. And so we we are not do you know, we still have a distributed solution. Uh, you guys talked about this a year ago when we switched to our distributed SaaS model. That's not going anywhere. That is that is that has been hugely successful for us, and it really breathed new life into our ability to continue offering a distributed SaaS solution. And we feel that one of the compelling parts of our product is the ability to host it anywhere. If you're at Yahoo, for example, you can't decide you don't like Yahoo's customer service and move your Yahoo store to your own server or to another web host. We have that freedom. If you love our product and you don't like the way, you don't like our hours for tech support or you don't like the people you talked to on the phone, you're welcome to pay an upgrade fee and move it to Rackspace on your own server. You're welcome to just migrate it to another Meva merchant host for free. There really are no limitations that way and we feel that that level of flexibility is a competitive advantage. The web hosts are certainly they're certainly going to feel a little threatened. However, at the end of the day, when we looked at their ability to sell new licenses, we we believed 
that we could start offering the service direct with a minimal to negligible impact on their ability to sell licenses. And so for web hosts whose model is through resellers or web developers or even marketing to go pick up clients directly, uh, I don't think they have anything to worry about, and the, the registration numbers so far prove that to be true. If a host was essentially, uh, for lack of a better term, sitting on their laurels and just you know, getting a handful of clients here and there from our website, well, those hosts may, you know, they may not be able to maintain the new client acquisition. Their old clients are fine and are theirs. And if that was their business model, it's unlikely that, that, is a, that we're a core part of their business. Rick, you're, an, uh, you're the president of Meva Merchant, of course, and you're also an observer of the Internet scene and the e-commerce scene generally. My question for you is, in light of the rise of cloud services, the rise, you've mentioned Salesforce earlier, the rise of Salesforce, NetSuite is growing, Amazon Web Services certainly growing. Is there a future for a third-party host? You know, I think that question is, um, it's, a, it's a complex question to answer. And I think that part of that depends on your definition of future and what they consider their role. And so, you know, when we, when we got into the hosting space back in 1997, and we an up-and-coming shopping cart when there was no such thing as SaaS. Back then, it was called ASPs, Application Service Providers, and we were we were an early enabler of that. But the model back then was that you would sell your application in big bundles to a web host, and they would essentially become what today would be considered a SaaS provider. But they didn't own the underlying application, and and that model sort of worked for a while, and then it evolved, and that evolved into the Salesforce.coms and et cetera. And, and that was really the beginning of the birth of the SaaS revolution. And, and so, you know, for, for a large-scale data center like a Rackspace or a Datapipe, absolutely. Those guys, you know, those guys are in the managed hosting business offering effectively data real estate, and their business isn't about... The, um, the software that's being run on their platform, their business is about the data connectivity in a secure manner. And then if you look at mass market web hosts, I, I think that business is evolving, but there will continue to be a need for people to locate their website, especially if it's a, a, an easy website uh, or a static website on something or run their WordPress site. So I think there's going to be a web hosting business going forward, and I also think there will be specialized cases of the what we consider our old model, where we're, someone sold their application to a host, and the host essentially becomes a specialist in that particular application and maybe some others. And you see that with WordPress and with us and um, some to some extent with Exchange, slightly different model but similar, uh, or with you know some of the form applications, Vbuilt and whatnot. And I think that is evolving. And I think that if you're not a VAR in those senses, if you're not, if you don't bring something to the table uh, other than renting data server space from someone else and having a website so people can sign up, if you're not adding value to the chain, it's hard to imagine how that lasts over an indefinite period of time. You know, early on, there was space at the table for everyone just for showing up. And I think that is clearly evolving and going away. And, you know, if you look at the web hosts who are very successful with our program, the reason they're so successful with our program 
is they have something they bring to the table. If they're a mass market host like an Earthlink, they're generally good at marketing. If they're a specialty host, they are either have a tight working relationship with web developers, so they have a reseller network selling our product, or they're experts in our product. And they can provide a superior level of essentially a managed hosting type experience. But if someone's just renting data center space and putting up a website and they don't maintain any particular expertise or skill in the middle, then I, I don't believe there's a long-term role for them both with e-commerce or non-e-commerce. I, I just don't see how as a business model that works. If you're not adding value to the chain, what are you doing there? Do you still sell licenses to third-party hosts? Yes, we do. <clears throat> and we have no intention of that changing. The we sell We have three models, effectively. We have our existing hosting model, which is what we're best known for. We have our new SaaS model, which you and I were just discussing. And then we have a model that's a retail model, if you will. And we don't sell a lot of licenses this way, but it's designed for the, case, the special cases where it's needed. And so we have a model where if someone is a public company, let's say, and they need a copy of the license and they need it in their own data center for security reasons, they can buy a license off us. And we don't see changing that. We'd like to serve our clients. Our focus for new client acquisition is certainly on our SaaS platform. We see that as the best foot forward we can put to the customer base. It puts us in control of the customer service experience, and we know that we provide as high a quality of a hosting experience as can be provided with our product. Um, but that's just a focus. That's not, a, that's not an underlying elimination of the other business model. Do you run your own servers there for your SaaS product? Uh, so we formed a separate company uh, for the SaaS product that we are the vast majority owners of. Uh, we partnered with an existing, very successful Miva host. They run the servers for us. We own the servers. We own the network. Um, and it is its own hosting business that, that exists as a standalone entity. Rick, tell us about the upgrades. Let's move on now to your, your SaaS version uh, 5.5. You've got some upgrades that you, you've recently announced. Can you describe those to us? Tell us about those. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've internally and within our community, it's known as the Wombat upgrades. It was kind of a joke on uh, <laughs> how Apple Apple always refers to its OS tens as big cats. And so our CTO and I were sitting around and we were talking about things we could use. And there had been discussion of using galaxies and astral objects and stuff, and kind of in reference to Russ's historical astronomy career. And our CTO said, well, what about marsupials? We could call it wombat. And, of course, the name was kind of silly and funny, and I think much to Russ's chagrin, it stuck. And so it's known as wombat, but realistically, it's just the next iteration of Miva Merchant 5.5. And it has four primary new features. The first and foremost is it's PADSS compliant. And so we are awaiting right now our final report on compliance from our QSA, which is a a qualified security assessor mm -hmm. that the PCI board approves. So we're waiting on our final report on compliance, and we'll submit that. But we have worked closely with our QSA, and we are clear that Wombat is PCI or PADSS compliant. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And second, we have built from the ground up a new default look and feel. Now, this doesn't impact existing customers one iota. So if you have an existing Viva Merchant store and you're upgrading, this doesn't affect you in the slightest. But for new people going forward who install a new store. We have a CSS-based HTML5 doc type 
100% W3C compliant for all the web developers out there, um, that gives them a far improved foundation to build a new looking store on uh, and gives most web developers the ability to make 90% plus of the changes they would want to make to the look and feel using only CSS and images, etc. So the idea was to really open up the door for web developers and web designers who know CSS but don't necessarily know our underlying template language. The idea was really to open up to web developers and web designers who don't know our underlying template language but know CSS, the ability to have a radical impact on the look and feel without having to learn our language. Now, obviously we hope that becomes an entree. We think our language and our underlying template product is incredibly powerful and we want people to learn it. But we don't want it to be an obstacle into getting a gorgeous store up. The, the second thing we've added is an entirely new order processing system. So historically our product has had things like order status and order history, but they were all aftermarket add-ons. And we decided to take a look at that. And as opposed to adding them on in the way the aftermarket did, when we, when we do something that's been historically served by the aftermarket, we tend to want to look at it from a more foundational level. We like to come up with a solution that essentially allows us to extend our APIs and extend our methodology in a way that is only possible by us. So it's not really a bolt-on, but truly an extension of the platform and provides new opportunities for module developers to extend and, and do new and creative things. And so it's an order processing, order history, order status system that takes Miva Merchant from just being a cash register historically, a web a CMS slash cash register, truly to um, a store management platform. So now when an order comes in, you can edit orders after the fact. You can add things, cancel things, manage returns, issue RMAs, print shipping labels, uh, a whole slew of things that used to be the realm of order management software like StoneEdge. We're not competing with StoneEdge. Our, our, our high-end clients are going to continue using a product like StoneEdge or Shipworks. But those products really, when we started looking at it, were only used by 5% maybe of our customer base. And the other 95% were left printing out emails and doing things by hand. And we really wanted to provide a tool for them that lets them streamline their business, save them time, and be successful quicker. Uh, it also has a phone order system so that people can take phone orders and effectively could work as a point of sale system in a small boutique. The, uh, the fourth and final major feature is a major addition to our inventory management system. So we've had uh, a very robust inventory system built into the software for a long time with one major feature deficiency, which was it only tracked core products. So what I mean by that was if you sold a t-shirt and you had colors and sizes, we had no way uh, off the shelf to track your inventory. And there were third-party solutions to do that, and they were effective in a sense. But what they weren't doing, and when we started looking at how our competition was handling it, it's a very complex thing to happen because you know you can take I have a one store that we've had in an extended beta. They have 138 different pieces of jewelry, but when you combine the fact that it comes in different sizes and different materials, they actually have just under 4,000 unique products. And so when you start getting into the management of something that looks like a 100 products, let's say, and it's really 4,000 products, the the database issues can can grow rapidly. Uh, and then when you extend that to being able to do a kit, like say ordering a computer from Dell or Apple, where you can customize the computer on the fly, and obviously somewhere that's pulling from an inventory system. The ability to do both of those types of inventory is something we've added to this release in a very foundational way, designed to integrate easily with things like 
everything from QuickBooks all the way up the chain to SAP. We, we looked at the way accounting systems tracked inventory, both parts, kit parts, um, inventory with attributes like clothing. And we said, well, you know, having an island here isn't what we want. So we specifically built it from a database place that would allow us to easily integrate with any ERP or accounting system based on the way we did it. Okay. And so that is a major upgrade. It's not nearly as sexy as some of the other stuff like the order processing or the new look and feel, but I think, uh, I think it's probably going to be the feature that we've been needing to do the longest that's been highly requested and people have been living with something that did the job but really wasn't taking it to the next level. All right. Rick, we have just a few seconds left here. Anything else on your mind for our readers today in reference to Miva, Miva Merchant or your new your new uh, your new offerings? Uh, we always appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and practically commerce and you know, I think probably the one thing I'd like to say and impart with everyone is that Oftentimes, people don't realize that we're here and, and we're in San Diego, everything's in San Diego, and we answer our phones and are easy to talk to. I've had people who are long-standing, excited customers of ours who are still hesitant to call us because they're so, you know people have been so poorly trained with support experiences everywhere else in the industry. And you know, if you ever need anything with Meaver Merchant, the the best first option is to pick up the phone and call us. It's toll free, and we're really really nice. And that number is it's eight six six. Two eight four nine eight one two. And the uh, the website, of course, for purposes of our listeners, is mevamerchant.com. And Rick Wilson, the president of Meva Merchant, we want to thank you for your time today, sir. Thank you so much, Carrie. Always yeah. a pleasure. Thank you. That's all the time we have for this week's e-commerce conversation. I hope you enjoyed it. Please tune in next week for another new episode.